Thank you, Chris. Appreciate that. This thing on. Hopefully it is. Yep, there we go. So I'm um, looking forward to our time together. Uh, Melissa and Jeremy, just want to extend our love to you as elders. Um, we, we love you very much, and we, uh, we want to support you in this time. And so I was uh, excited to be able to have the opportunity to just lift the burden of bringing God's word um, on you uh, today and to be able to share what God's been doing in my heart uh, related to um, Christmas. So you can tell I have a Christmas sweater on today. We're going we're gonna to extend Christmas one more day, if that's okay with you, and, and we're going to reflect on the story of Christmas and have a different perspective on it related to um, the heart of the Heavenly Father and, uh, and the fact that he's a, the ultimate gift giver. So that's where we're headed today. Um, I wanted to uh, share just a little bit uh, about myself with you because many of you may not uh, know me. I've been serving here in Christ Church uh, for a little over three years. Um, my wife and I came from Chicago. Um, so here's just a, the quick stats. Um, this year I celebrated 50 years of knowing Christ as my Savior and Lord and uh, excited about what he did in my early teens in uh, drawing my, him, me to himself, how um, that happened years and years ago, and yet God is still at work in my heart and life. So I stand in front of you not as somebody who's arrived, somebody who's in process of transformation, just like all of us. I have my days where the flesh, where my biggest enemy is me, um, where I get my eyes off of the Lord and onto myself, um, and, and so God has been good and faithful in, in my life to remind me of who he is and that he loves me and that he cares for me and he welcomes me back every time I turn back to him. And so today we want to share a little bit about that. Um, so 50 years, uh, 37 years married to my lovely wife Dawn and those that know her know that I married up. Uh, in uh, my relationship with her. She's an amazing woman of God who seeks after the Lord every day, faithful in her time in the word, faithful in her seeking to worship God in that process. She has been a, a great role model for me in terms of steadiness and faithfulness in, in the Lord. We have three children, so 50, 37, now three. Uh, so those are the stats. Three children, three daughters, Lauren, um, Kristen, and Megan. And I have two grandchildren um, that are over in the, in the nursery, uh, Brooks and River. So, so excited about that and about what God is doing in our family, how he's continuing to, to work, uh, the, the, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ in our, in our lives. Uh, not perfectly, we're, we're far from that, but we, are, we love the Lord, we, we want to serve the Lord in all that we can do, and uh, we want to serve you as a body as well in terms of how we would love you and walk alongside of you in, in this. So today, what I wanted to do was I realized that yesterday, mo many of you were exchanging gifts, and uh, you were doing that with ones that you love. Some of you may still have some, some time of doing that even later today with other members of your family or later this week uh, related to it, but we've learned some things about gift giving, um, and I, I, I want to just kind of talk about those for just a moment with you to kind of lead into where we're headed with our message. So gift giving, we know that um, it's not the size of the gift that matters, right? Um, sometimes uh, gifts are wrapped up in large packages. 
uh, as my father-in-law Bill loves to do. He loves to take something wrapped in a large package and then you open that box and you find something else that's within there. You open that up and then you follow, fi find something else and finally you get down to the heart of the gift. Um, it's really not about the size. It's not about the expense of the gift in, in that regard. It's about how it actually connects with the, the giver to the receiver. And uh, one of the things that, um, that we've, we've learned over time is that the purest form of gift giving is, is when the expression of giving is, uh, is uh, from a loving relationship that the giver desires to have with the receiver. And so there's a loving relationship and, and so we search for ways to bless and to encourage those that we're giving gifts to. Um, so those of you that are really good at it have done your research. You've kind of looked at the, the needs and wants and desires of those that um, you're going to be giving gifts to because it's not about you, it's about blessing them and encouraging them. And so you've put some, some work and some effort into that process. We're going to see in a moment that God the Father has done this before the foundation of the world in terms of giving his, his best and his son to us. And so um, gift giving is, is, is part of that process where we get an opportunity to not only put a smile on the face of the receiver, but we get a, a, an opportunity to delight them and to let them know how much we love them. And so this morning what I would like to do is I'd like to think about gift giving from the perspective of heaven. I'd like us to think about um, a familiar passage that you probably read in, uh, as a family or as a group um, at some point, maybe even yesterday, and that was Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. That passage of scripture um, talks about how the Lord came in, the Lord Jesus, the Savior of the world, who is Christ the Lord, is the title that was given to him, came into the world, and how that all occurred within that process. We've, we've, we've been to probably... Um, plays or Sunday school events where this has been dramatized in our past life, where maybe even our kids play different parts in this story uh, related to, to, to uh, rehearse it and to show it uh, related to that. But today what I want to do is I want to take a perspective from God the Father um, and what he was thinking and feeling uh, related to how he gave his son at the perfect time for us related to that. So what we're going to do today is we're going to, uh, our big idea for, the, for today is that God the Father is the ultimate gift giver. And I want you to see him as being the one who loves you and is for you and delights in being able to give his son, Jesus Christ, the Savior, uh, to us. And he did it out of great love and intentionality for you. And um, this, is, this is exciting for me because um, there's a quote from A.W. Tozer that I, I have known for years and I really put a lot of value into it, and that is, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. So how do you, th what do you think about God when you think, when, when you are reflecting on God the Father, what are the first things that come into your mind? This morning my challenge is for you to begin thinking about him as being abundantly generous. For you to begin thinking about him as being good and faithful. And one who desires to give the best of himself to you 
to meet the need that we all have within our life. And so rather than having this, this notion of God the Father like I had when I was a young, young boy as being this strict disciplinarian that was standing over me, waiting for me to mess up, and, and then he would penalize me in some way, and having that sense of fear, today what I want you to see is the heart of God that loves you, that is for you, that is longing for relationship with you. So whether you are standing outside of his love, looking in and desiring to know, is this real? Are these relationships that these people have with Christ real? Or whether you are a part of the family of God and are going through a season where you're struggling to just kind of believe what God has done for you and his goodness and his love for you. I want to remind us today of the ultimate gift giver and his heart for you. He loves you. He's given his best for you. So whatever your circumstances are today, I, I would really want you to understand that. And so what we're going to start before we get into to the Gospel of Luke is we're going to just start with a, several scriptures that talk about God being a gift giver. So the first one is in Luke chapter 13. If you then who are evil, the scripture says, know how to give good gifts to your children, which is what we did yesterday, giving good gifts to our children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the words of Jesus where he is, he is basically saying to us that even though we have a concept of gift giving and love to give to our children to delight them, God the Father has even more of a sense of intentionality toward the gift. So as we pray for him, for, for gifts from him, that he would bless us and encourage us, God the Father wants to do that. That's his intent, his desire. That's why he sent his son. The second scripture is found in the book of James. James chapter one, verse 17. Every good and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights. And so every good gift, every perfect gift, good in the sense that it's good, it's fit for purpose for you. It meets the most defining need that we have within our human heart, and that is that we need a savior to save us from ourselves. I learned years ago that my biggest enemy in life is me. It's my flesh. It's my desires. It's when I put myself on the throne. That's my biggest enemy. And the savior of the world came to save myself, save me from myself, so that I might be wholly devoted to God and not to myself. You think about it in terms of like the quarrels and difficulties that we have as families, as church members. It's all about when our own desires are not met. 99% of the time, that's when we get into trouble. And it's because we're thinking about how we need to have um, a blessing or an encouragement or a need met within our life, as opposed to doing what God did was to think about us and to give his son his very best gift so that we might be changed and transformed through the power of that gift in the person of his son. The next scripture is found in Romans, familiar to many of us, for the wages of sin is death, but the, but the but gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life 
in Christ Jesus our Lord. This scripture is important because when we think of Christmas, we think of the manger and we think of the baby Jesus. I believe that when God the Father thinks of Christmas, he thinks of the cross. He thinks of the the extent of the love of God would go for you and for me. And so um, in our house, we actually have a picture of the cross wrapped up as a present with a bow on it. It's not rustic, it looks pretty, but it it is God's gift for us with this scripture underneath it. And the idea is that God loves us so much that he was willing to go to the point of, think of Jesus Christ in the Godhead with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit in fellowship for all of eternity, stepping outside of time and space. And now God planned to send his son into this world so that you and I might have the answer for the problems that we have in our life. I'm gonna trip on this, pull it back. I'm wandering too much maybe, huh? Uh, so what I, what I wanna look at is, um, the last scripture is John 3.16. John 3.16, which we all know, um, for God so loved the world that he gave, he gave his only son that who would ever believe on him might have eternal life. So God gave so that we might have eternal life and he gave his very best because he loves you and he he wants to bless you and he wants to draw you into relationship with him. So that's very different from uh, the the view of God that I had when I was a boy which was a a disciplinarian, a judge waiting for me to mess up and to to have that kind of thing. I think of Zephaniah 3.3 where The scriptures say that the Lord is rejoicing. He is singing over us as his children. I want you to get the perspective that God loves us today. He will deal with the problem of sin through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's finished. He's dealt with that. The wrath of God's been poured out on his son, not on us. His expression of grace and favor and unmerited favor for us is what we experience today because of the nature of God. So let's look at, uh, the first of all, our first point under this, God, the ultimate gift giver, is the manner in which the gift was given. And our response to the manner in which the gift was given. By the way, the cards you probably noticed um, that, are, that you have, that you were handed out, are not the outline that I'm using today. So you'll just kind of have to fill in the, 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 the blanks. Uh, they're, they're the outline for Pastor Jeremy's message. And so one day he'll get a chance to preach that message and that card will become valuable. But for right now, um, we're, we're just kind of going with uh, what I came up with last night related to the gift giver. And so just fill in the blanks related to that. So our big move is God the Father is the, is the ultimate gift, move, gift giver. And our first point is the manner in which the gift was given. And our response to that manner should be wonder and awe. So Luke chapter... 2 verses 1 through 6 I want to read before we get into it. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered each to his own each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David. That was about a hundred mile trek that they were having to walk in order to be able to make that that trip. 
that city which was called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. I want you to notice in this passage that there was a decree from Caesar Augustus that um, there was a registration process that needed to occur, that, um, that as a part of that process, um, all the earth needed to go to specifically where they were from in order to be, be registered, and that this was all part of the master plan of God unfolding. So this is, uh, this is really important for us to understand that, that the, the gift of the Savior who is Christ the Lord is part of God the Father's master plan. When it happened, where it happened, who it happened with was all orchestrated by God. I can't think of a gift that I've given in my life to someone else that's had that level of intentionality, that's had that level of sacrifice, that's had that level of understanding the environment and the times that that person was living in. This is when it unfolded. Notice that um, the appointed time, the location, the parents, Joseph and Mary, the shepherds, the angel, the multitude of angels, the glory of God revealed are all part of God the Father's master plan for gift giving. First Peter chapter one, verses uh, 20 through 21 says, he, speaking of Jesus Christ, was foreknown before the foundation of the world was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Now, so now think about this. God the Father has been planning the gift of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, since before the foundations of the world. He didn't think about it just a few days before Christmas, like I did with some of my gifts. He thought about it before the foundation of the world. He knew about you, and he knew about your need for a savior and he paid the ultimate price to give his son for you and for me. That's amazing love. That's demonstrated love. That's sacrificial love. It's amazing that the circumstances um, that, that, that occurred in order for, for Christ to be there to fulfill prophecy that was established in the Old Testament so within the Old Testament, there's over 300 prophecies about the birth, life, ministry, death, burial, burial, death, resurrection of Christ, um, ascension of Christ. There's over 300 prophecies within Scripture related to that. I wanted to share with you a few of them related to the birth of Christ. These happened thousands of years before Jesus was born in a manger in Bethlehem. The first one is uh, in Isaiah chapter nine, verses six, which is the passage, if you were here with us on Christmas Eve, we, we talked about this passage quite a bit. Um, there was a video on it. I'd encourage you to go online and to, and to look at the service once it gets posted um, to be able to, to go into that. But Christ, in nine, six, Christ would come 
as uh, a child born to rule, the government will be upon his shoulder. And this, this, this child would come. Isaiah 7, 14 is the next one, is that they would be, this child would be born of a virgin. In Micah 5, 2, um, the prophet says that the child will be born in Bethlehem. In Numbers 24, 17, it talks about a star would point the way to Christ. In Hosea 11, verse 1, Christ would be called to escape Egypt because of the plot of Herod to kill all the firstborn boys that were under the age of two. And he would be called away to Egypt to escape. And that was, that was prophesied in Hosea 11.1. 1. And there's many more, but this is just to give you the idea that thousands of years before the Lord Jesus was born in a manger, God prophesied about it through the prophets and told us about it. And it is coming to pass at this point in the, in the birth of Christ. The gift of the Savior, who is Christ the Lord, is part of God's, God the Father's master plan. This should prompt in you and in me a sense of wonder and a sense of awe for what God has done. I hope it's doing that this morning. I can't believe that someone would would love me that much that would intentionally plan before the foundations of the world to send the gift of his only son into this world that I might have life. Why me? Awe at the fact that he actually did it. The second thing I want you to notice under this this banner of... um, the greatness of God and what he has done as the gift giver is that notice the, the gift of the Savior who is Christ the Lord was uh, in uh, a humble location. Chapter two, verses seven through 14. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. Many scholars believe that was Gabriel. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, and here's the name, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. So now we have the circumstances or the location in which Christ was born was not anything that was planned by the Jews. The Jews thought that they would have a, they would have someone of royalty They would have someone who would be a ruler that would overthrow the Roman government. The the Jews thought that there would be um, someone that would come that was anything but a baby. And and yet God has chosen um, to bring the Prince of Glory into a very humble setting. 
Philippians chapter 2 talks about this as well. And uh, often in the past, I've, I've used this as a, as a message um, related to um, the Christmas message. In, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, uh, Paul says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. That's what's happening here, being found in human form. Christ is coming. And just previous to this passage in in, uh, Philippians, uh, Paul talks about he wants you to have this mind of Christ. He wants you to have the mind of Christ that you consider the interest of others as more important than your own. That's what was happening in this gift of the ultimate gift giver. He was considering our interests as more important than his own. And he was willing to step out of glory into this world to become uh, uh, encased in flesh, fully God, fully man, and to live a perfect life so that he could be sacrificed to take take our place in terms of atonement. Brian talked a few weeks ago about propitiation in our place and the idea that, that God has, has paid the penalty for our sin in the person of Jesus Christ because Christ came as a, as a baby, as the Savior. So what I want you to understand is Christ came as someone who was very vulnerable uh, by taking on the form of a servant he did not come with ex- in exalted glory. That would come later and is and in some ways yet to come when he comes back uh, for his own. Have this mind among yourselves, which is in Christ Jesus. The manner in which the gift was given should bring to us wonder and awe, the selflessness of it the sacrifice of it, the intentionality of the gift, the fact that Jesus came for you and for me. Our second point this morning is the value of the gift. The value of the gift. The the response should be one of worship. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna, just for a few minutes, we're gonna look at the names of Jesus Christ that are found within the scripture that we celebrate and we often hear um, at, at, uh, at Christmas time, the names of Jesus Christ. So the first one we're going to talk about is Emmanuel, God with us. And that's found in Isaiah 7:14. And uh, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. The second one is, um, is found in Luke chapter 2. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That's our passage, right out of our passage today. Notice that um, this baby was named a Savior, who is Christ, the Messiah, and who is Lord. Our third passage is in Luke chapter 1, verse 32. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. 
So these are the names of, of Jesus Christ that are found. There's, there's one more that I wanted to share with you, and that is uh, found in Isaiah 9, 6. And that is, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The names, the very names given to Jesus Christ the Savior should cause us to worship because they each contain a different sense of meaning of who he is. Just listen to the other names that I could have gone into with scripture references, but just for the sake of stirring your hearts toward worshiping him, listen to the other names that have been ascribed to Jesus. Jesus, the Alpha and the Omega. Emmanuel, King of Kings, Light of the World. Morning Star, Prince of Peace, Wonderful Counselor, Lamb of God, Savior of the World, the Good Shepherd, the Way, the Lord of Lords, the Anointed One, the Bread of Life, Chief Cornerstone, Great High Priest, Holy and Righteous One, Lord of Glory, Messiah, Teacher, the Truth, the Word of God. These names that have been ascribed to Jesus Christ should fill our hearts with a sense of worship. There is no one else that we should ascribe our worship to. In Philippians chapter two, after the, what's called the kenosis passage where Jesus Christ empties himself and takes on human form, um, Paul goes on to say that God exalts him. After he humbled himself, God will exalt him and his name will be above every name that has been given among men that, he, that we might be saved. At every, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And this, this name, this babe in a manger that would be destined for the cross, that would, that would save us from our own sin, is the God whom we worship. And, and we should have a sense of desiring to see that God the Father has given his only son, that we might have the opportunity to be in relationship with him and to know him and to love him. And I, today I want you to have a sense of uh, what God's heart is for you, that he loves you, that he desires to, um, to place his loving arms around you. So then rather than being someone who is um, is looking for when we would mess up and, and discipline us. He is, he is looking to come alongside of us and to love us and to, to win us into a deeper relationship with himself. God the Father, the ultimate gift giver, the manner of the gift, the names, the value of the names, and finally, the glory of heaven revealed in the gift of a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Our response should be to share the gospel. Look with me in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 13. Okay. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those 
with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, meaning they were like, let's go as fast as we can to see what is going on. And uh, they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger, and when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things in her heart, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The angel's announcement to the shepherds triggered uh, a desire for them to inquire what had happened, to go seek and find the Savior, and then to be able to tell what had happened in terms of the glory revealed to them by the angel's announcement and pronouncement of Jesus Christ, um, the Savior, coming into the world. And it stirred, it stirred within the crowd. Notice that it, it talked about that as they as they told them, meaning there were more than just the Mary and Joseph there at that point in time when the shepherds came. They told multiple people about them. They were sharing the good news of what had, had occurred, that glory, a glimpse of glory from the, from the angels, from the multitude of hosts had come and shared with them the glory of God that was breaking into the world at this particular point in time. God the Father could not help himself but to announce the coming of his son with a glimpse of the glory that would be coming through his son. One of the devotional books that, um, that we have in our home and have used now um, this year is a book by uh, Paul David Tripp and it's called The uh, um, Home, uh, Come Let Us uh, Adore Him and it's a guide to uh, daily devotionals and in the book there is a chapter at the beginning uh, of it on read for December 4th that talks about glory and what he says is the angels sang a song a glory song because glory had come down to earth to unleash his glory on all who would put their trust in him the angels uh, sang that song of glory um, to rescue us from the inglory of sin and to unleash the forgiving and transforming glory of his grace on all who would believe. The hymn of the angels and the hymns that have been written by God's people since shimmer with glory because the incarnation of Jesus is about a glorious Savior coming to give glorious grace to a people who have forsaken his glory for the temporary satisfying shadow glories of the created world. If you write a hymn about glory, you'll end up um, penning the, these kinds of glorious things. And so that's why I think many of us love the Christmas carols and hymns to sing because they talk about the glory of the Lord and it gives us a glimpse into what God is doing in that process. So I want you to, uh, as we close um, today, I want you to basically do three things. So the three things that Brian's been sharing at the close of every message. I want you, first of all, to receive it. 
to receive the ultimate gift-giving Father, to receive the intentionality of his gift, that he desires to love you and to welcome you into his family. I'm not sure where you are today in your, in your walk with the Lord, whether you are standing apart from the Lord and trying to do life on your own, but Jesus Christ and the heart of the Heavenly Father today would be to, to want to welcome you in to his family. And so today could be your day to be able to make that decision. And if you would like to and would love to tell someone about it within our church, we're here and available to pray with you after the service. But I want you to receive it. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, but you're in a place of struggle and turmoil in your life, and you're not believing that God is good and God is faithful and God is for you, receive the word of God today in your life. The Heavenly Father has planned for this ultimate gift before the foundations of the world because of his great love that he has for you. He wants you to desperately to be in relationship with him. He would run to you if you would but turn to him today. And so if you need to be refreshed in your walk with the Lord, I'd invite you to be able to do that today and to know that the arms of the loving Father are open for you. If you're here today and you've been walking faithfully with the Lord, my challenge to you is to continue on, to persevere in your walk with the Lord and to do it with great joy because the angels are singing the glory of God in your life. They want to display the glory of God in your life. And even if you're going through suffering or difficulty, you can suffer well knowing that God is for you and not against you. And he will strengthen you and give you what you need in the moment because he's faithful and he's good. So receive it, church. Receive the gift of glory from God the Father. And then I want you to be able to teach it. I want you to be able to share it with your kids or your grandkids about what God has done, that he's the ultimate gift giver and he loves you and he loves them and he wants to provide for all of your needs in Christ Jesus. Certainly all of your spiritual needs can be met in him was told to me many years ago that Christianity is the only satisfying relationship, a relationship with God that is there. And I, I have lived and walked uh, my life and I know that I have turned to other things at different times in my life. But I turn back to the Lord because I know he is the one who loves me. And he is the one who will not change in his intent toward me. So let me encourage you today to teach that to your children and to your grandchildren that God is the ultimate giver and he loves you. And lastly, would you share it? Would you be willing to be bold like the shepherds and share the glory of God with others? Share your testimony about what God has done in your life so that the glory of God can be extended into the life of another in this Christmas season. In that, you'll be giving the greatest gift of all. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be together this morning. I thank you for the opportunity to extend 
Christmas one more day and to begin to think about what you went through and desired and planned for in the giving of your son, the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that you did not shrink back, but you gave fully and generously to us the person of your son. You didn't give us a material thing. You gave us a person for us to know and to love. And Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you that this passage of scripture, when looked at from your perspective, teaches us about your character and your heart, that you love us, that you desire us to know you and to be known by you. And so Lord, I pray that we would lean in and receive that today. And I pray for those that are hurting, that are in difficult situations today, Lord, I I pray that the encouragement of the gospel would fall upon our hearts and would allow us to understand that we are loved, that we are cared for. And if there's anything that we can do today to pray with, to encourage, to strengthen each other in Christ, that's why we're here. And we ask, Lord, that you would do that in Jesus' name. Help us to be able to share uh, the gift of Christmas, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ with those around us as you give us opportunity even this week. And as we head into a new year, Lord, would you put within our lips and within our mindset the understanding of a heavenly father that loves us and that we can extend that love to others and share it willingly and boldly, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.